Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast in, in this, this reality. reality. The show designed to challenge everything we've been taught. If you've ever felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Time to open your mind. And dive in. This is the Mental Mastery Alliance Podcast. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Mental Mastery Alliance Podcast. Today I'm going to talk about something that I talk about a lot, um, obviously, because I like talking about it. But it's, I haven't talked on it recently, and it's something that is obviously recurring. It's, it's your past, man. It's your past. It's your history. It's who you are. It's the perception of who you are. I'm going to tell the story again today of how I died twice in one day. Um, it's amazing to think, you know, who and what we are is supposed to be something you know um as i'm having this conversation with you is it a conversation maybe if you guys are talking back to me then it's absolutely a conversation it's funny to think about a boot how because i'm canadian a boot hey my american friends what is it that you're thinking a boot i don't think we say that but y'all hear it. Ah, hee hee. Uh, if Michael Jackson had pronouns, hee hee. <laughs> it's been a long day for me. Went to the hockey game last night. It was a lot of fun. I got to meet some really cool people last night. It was a lot of fun. I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame last night and got my picture taken with the Stanley Cup. It was a lot of fun. Now. Thinking about your past, thinking about who you were, thinking about who you are, thinking about who you want to be, thinking about what you're going to create. Thinking about what you have created, thinking about the stories that you tell yourself about who you are. I have a friend who recently messaged me and she said, "Uh, I get it now. I'm upset. I'm sorry that I took your advice or your statements for granted and how I was so angry about certain things. One of my main statements is... You know, we live in a world where we're literally trained to hate ourselves. And when you're in the middle of hating yourself, you don't even know that you're doing it. You just think that this is the world. You think that this is how it is. And when you think about the stories that you tell yourself about who you are, why you are, when you think of the stories that you have created and while thinking that they're real. It's so weird and convoluted because your history is your history. It's your past. It's, it's, it's the, it's, it is all the events that helped create who you are today. These are very real and tangible events. And these are very definitive events as to why I am who I am today. And I must live up to the stories that I tell myself about who I am. Well, truthfully, you're not a tree. So you can legitimately become whoever you want to become. And then you'll hear people say things like, well, sir, if you're just going to become somebody, that's fake. Fuck fake. All of this is fake. 
every single thing that you're doing right now, it's all bullshit. And nobody wants to hear that. I'm sorry. How dare you, Mr. Podcaster, call my life bullshit? Well, I did. Um, And I didn't mean to be rude when I said it either, because my life's bullshit. Who the fuck am I? I'm just some dude doing some shit, telling myself some story. And I decided to turn a microphone on when I did it. That's basically the difference Uh, between the bullshit speaker and the bullshit liver. Um, My bullshit liver right now is happy with me because I quit drinking. And it's bullshit that livers fade. Why couldn't you be a trooper and just tear it up for the rest of your goddamn life? But I'll tell you this. You do what you have to do. I did what I had to do. And that was drink and consume and be a goddamn maniac for the majority of my life. I was a fucking piece of shit for a very long time. And what I mean by that is I wouldn't go out of my way to find somebody and fuck with them, that kind of thing. It meant that I was so busy hating myself because of the story I told myself when I was younger that I absolutely had to consume everything to go numb to the fact that I was who I was. And while I was numb, I was acting out on bullshittery because of the stories that I told myself about who I thought I was and the image that I felt I had to live up to and the fact that I didn't love myself Enough to not be a douche. Now, there's a book called The Four Agreements, one of the absolute best books you could ever possibly read. And in that book, number one agreement is don't take anything personally. And I can assure you that every single person I ever may or may not have wronged or pissed off or offended or hurt, it was never about you. It was always about me being an asshole so that nobody would get too close to me to see the version of me that I was hiding from them. All the while, I'm an excellent salesman. I'm great at my job. I'm good in business at the time when I was third-dimensionally doing sales and sales training. Uh, I was sharing good tips and being as helpful as I possibly could when I was, I don't know, clear-minded or on the clock or whatever it was. But then you go home and you're like, I fucking hate myself. If these people really knew who I was, they wouldn't hire me. And then you have all these self-doubts and these thoughts and this crap and this all this shit. And then you turn on the television and everything that you've ever watched is like, you're never going to get free from your past. You're never this. You're never that. Like, what the hell are those shows you used to watch? CSI, Cold Case, all the forensics, you know, every crime you ever committed uh, 70 years ago, you're on the hook for because you're supposed to be the same fucking person your entire life. It's an illusion. This shit, every single thing that you see is designed to make you believe a certain thing about who you think you are. And it's bullshit. Every fucking thing is bullshit. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. It's bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. So I say to you, how are you supposed to understand, comprehend, or equate to some idea who you think you might be if every ounce of everything you could have ever taken in or experienced was working against you to make you believe you were a different version of you. And every time you tried to tell yourself that you're not that version of you or you're not a piece of shit or you're not some insecure person, 
every single thing on television, every single thing that you tried to intake while you were relaxing comes down to drama. Drama sells. People love drama. They love looking at drama and going, well, this is more fucked up than my life, so I'm going to pay attention to this. Meanwhile, it's teaching you how to act, how to be a part of society. Because of what we see on the television, on the television, a fucking bullshit. It is bullshit. I can honestly say that in this episode, I probably said bullshit more than I've said it in the past, maybe all episodes combined. So we're going to keep with that bullshit theme. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. You are not anything other than what you want to be right this moment. If you're a drug dealer, it's going to be easy for you to work in freight. You can sell anything. If you can sell cocaine, you can sell a wrench. <laughs> Some of you will catch on to that reference. And it has to do with the movie Dodgeball. And I just gave the reference away. Cha-ching. There's a million things that you can do. There's a million things that you can become. Right? But every single story we tell ourselves is based on where we were. We woke up this morning remembering who we were yesterday. And it's not easy to change who you are, but you were born to do it. You've been told your whole life, a leopard never changes its spots. Bitch, that's why you were born. You exist to change your spots, to grow, to evolve, to become something. And then you see other things where it's like, oh man, you've changed. Fuck, we're supposed to? You really think I'm going to be the same person you met 20 years ago? 20 years ago? That's a long fucking time. New information, new experiences, new people, new faces, new places, new things, new cars, new houses, new hats, new pants. All of these things help cultivate an individual, an identity, a thing that you think that you are. And all of it, whether it's terrible or fantastic, all of it is bullshit. Now, does that mean it's bad? Am I sitting here ripping on things because I feel like it? No. This is a liberating podcast. And liberating comes from removing the idea that you need to be any one thing. And how do you do that? I'll tell you how I did it. My life was on a trajectory and I was just, I was hell bound and determined to become a better version of me. And if you really think about it throughout the course of your entire life, all you've been doing, well, all you should have been doing is becoming a better version of you. Every single tiny mistake you ever made was a piece of information that said to you, well, I'm not going to do it that way again. I'm going to alter, adapt, change, grow. I'm going to be better. And even if you're a piece of shit right now and still listen to this podcast and you're trying to manipulate people and do all this other fun stuff. Even when you're on that trajectory, you know, you're like, well, this manipulation didn't work. Maybe I'll try a different one. I will give you a heads up to the people that are doing that. I don't think you're listening to this show, but I'll give you a heads up. Every single time you try to adapt a manipulation, the whole world catches on to your bullshit just a little bit more. And every single thing that you're trying to manipulate somebody else on is 100% your own personal insecurity. So while you think you're tricking people, what you're actually doing is exposing your own personal weakness to the entire world, making you 
100% more easily manipulated than anyone else. So for everyone out there trying to run a con, you're a bitch. And you're clearly visible, no matter what anyone says or says to your face. Most people won't say shit to your face because they understand that somebody who's trying to run a con ain't worth it. So if you wonder where all your friends have gone, they're onto your bullshit and they just don't fucking care. They're onto your bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And they just don't care. So away they go. Because that's the way to go. How do you deal with somebody who's a, a weirdo in that sense? You just move on. You don't argue with them. Because if I tried to argue with somebody who's trying to manipulate me, guess what they're going to do? They're going to use a little bit more manipulation tactics. It's all going to be bullshit. It's all going to be more lies. It's all going to be more garbage. Why on earth would I want to do that? So to anyone trying to do that, listening to this show, if you are, I doubt it. But just know that you're very, very see-through and nobody fucking cares. And you'd be better off just being your authentic self, which is the whole purpose of you being a human is so that you can figure out who your authentic self is. And become it. That was such a long run on sentence that I had to take a deep breath. That is fantastic. That, my friend, is radio podcasting. It is broadcasting at its finest. I have a good announcer voice. I think I, I think if all else fails, I can go make commercials or something. Voice over for commercials. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together. That's the strip club in me. So how did I snap this? It was a termination. I decided that at one point I wanted more for me. I decided that I was so fucking miserable being who I was that I needed more. And all the excuses that I told myself as to why people may or may not have liked me back in the day, it all went to shit because I realized that all of that crap was my own insecurity that I was projecting onto other people as to why they didn't like me. And as I sit here right now, I understand that every single person out there is dealing with their own insecurities and nobody's even paying a fucking one iota of attention to you. Unless you're in the process of taking something from them. Something that they think that is theirs. Oh, you think you could fuck me out of this? Well, let me show you what I'm capable of. And these are the petty people. And why the fuck do we have petty people in our lives? Because we met them. And nobody wants to hear this. When we were petty. Who you date. Who you sleep with. Who you associate with. Is a direct reflection and representation of how you feel about yourself. You want better friends? Become a better person. This is one thing that we don't allow. We don't allow to talk. We don't, we don't have these conversations. We don't say to ourselves, hey, man, I met you and I admired you and I, I adored where you were because I was learning from you. And now I've surpassed you. And now I must be going forward and moving on. And we never even think about this because our whole lives we've made and lost friends. Only recently do we start thinking to ourselves, now I got to take this personally. This is, again, the media. This is all the bullshit that's being pumped out. This is the stuff that screws with people the most. Why, why are you leaving me? Why are you, why, why are you ghosting me? I'm like, no, I'm not ghosting you. Every single conversation I've ever had with you is killing my soul. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. And here's the kick. If this is a lover or if this is a friend, if this is a long-time acquaintance or a short-term acquaintance, if you're just ghosting somebody you met on a random chat app, you can do it. If you're trying to get rid of somebody you've been with forever, it's one of those things where a billion opportunities will have arisen where you can stay, stick, go, move, change, be, adapt, you, you work hard, hard we work. But if they're not willing to do it or see it or become it or grow or anything, then it's inevitable. It's an inevitability. 
And the coolest thing in the entire world is when you find yourself in that situation, whether it is a, a somebody you've been chatting with for an hour or somebody you've been with forever, when you find yourself in that position of quote unquote, leaving, ghosting, doing whatever you have to do, there's this really cool thing that we never allow ourselves to observe, which is your growth, your growth pattern, whether it's 10, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, uh, years and years and years, whatever it is. You're witnessing your growth pattern that says, I am no longer interested in, in communicating with this. And we think we're the terrible person. We think, oh my God, how could this be a thing? Because we've told ourselves a story about who we are, about what defines who we are. And that story is totally different for absolutely everybody else, which is one of the greatest things in the entire world. And also one of the scariest because you don't believe in communication breakdown. But nobody's really communicating because I'm only speaking at you from my point of view and you're speaking at me from your point of view. And most people aren't trying to listen to hear what you're saying. They're only listening to your words and waiting for you to shut the fuck up so that they can interject, which is another thing about this podcast. Nobody can interject with me. I will continue to speak. Fantastic. I, I remember sometimes. I'll fall asleep to a podcast or whatever. And you know when you're in like that, that, that dream state, that early dream state where everything's a bit askew? I'll be listening to a podcast and they'll be talking about a point or whatever. And I'll, in my mind, in my, in my half awake, half asleep dream mind, I'm waiting for a pause for me to say something because I'm listening to this podcast and it's in my dream world. And there's no fucking pause. There's never a pause. And there's never a time to say anything. And you're like, ah, to hell with it. <laughs> so that's a fun experience for me. A little share. A little overshare for myself for you. From me to you. So here we are, roughly 20 minutes into the podcast, and I haven't even gotten into the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. Um, it's how you change. The first thing that you have to do is, is make a conscious effort and decision that it's time for you to change. It's time for you to make do with growth. And the most, and the craziest thing is, it really, it, it takes hell. I mean, there's a meme that I absolutely adore. The universe, I had to make you uncomfortable or you wouldn't move. That's a thousand percent true. And, and, and discomfort can, can, can rear its ugly head in many facets. Physical pain, body pain, mental pain, boredom, repetition, um, a million ways. You're like, this, is, this has got to fucking stop. This has got to stop. This is too goddamn much. When you're sick of your own bullshit, that's when you change. When you're hurting and in pain, it's hard to change because what else is out there? Alcohol, substance, all these things that you can just bury yourself in. It's fucked up. But a tis? What a tis. So the minute you decide you want more, that's the minute you start changing. And there are catalysts along the way that help out. I've talked about this in the past as well. When I had my gallbladder incident, um, it came at me out of, I want to say out of left field, but there were certainly warning signs. I was given ample warning signs and I didn't do anything about it because I was a man and I was taught to walk it off and nobody cares and shut the fuck up. That's what we were taught as men. As little boys, don't cry. You're not in pain. Walk it off. Shut up. Don't bother anyone. Don't do anything. Just shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. That's what I would, that's how I was raised. Shut the fuck up. Don't make any sounds. You're not in pain. Walk it off. You're a man. Be a man. Tough it out. Suck it up. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But that that was it. 
So, so here we are. Now I have this gallbladder pain, and I'm in this really fucked up pain where it is now. It's it's do or die time, uh, and I am uh, I am I've been awake. It's now uh, I woke up at midnight, and I'm doing everything I can to sort of walk it off, essentially. And I couldn't. It's getting worse and worse. And then there was like this death metal robot grip on my heart. It felt like it was gripping my heart. And I didn't know what the pain was for the first two hours. But once it worked its way to my heart, I kind of felt like I was in trouble. And then it just kind of started squeezing. At which point uh, in Ontario, I called telehealth, not 911. So telehealth asked some questions. And before I even knew it, the ambulance was at my door. And they gave me some Advil in case I was having a heart attack, which I thought I was. And then I was rushed off to the hospital. By the time I got to the hospital, I, I skipped over a step there. I knew I was leaving. I knew the ambulance was coming. I knew I had to get dressed. Telehealth had told me, you've got three minutes. In that three minutes, I was staring at pants. Fucking pants. And I knew I was going to select my death pants. And what I meant by that was, if I'm not coming home, if I die, I want to die in these pants. And I picked those pants. And in making that selection and in doing that and going through that process, I died. I had accepted, utterly and totally accepted that I wasn't coming home. I didn't know whether I was or I wasn't, but I had accepted it. And that was, as best I can put it, egoic death. And since then, I've never had to prove anything to anyone about anything. I've lived in a world where everyone's trying to prove something. I don't want to say prove something to me, but I'm witnessing them all attempt to prove something to themselves to be the, to, to put it the, in the easiest terms. And it becomes very visual. So that was the first time I died. And that was about 1230 AM. So I finally get to the hospital. Um, they do some scans on me. I'm in excruciating pain. Like, I don't know what's going on. They've got me fucking strapped to the gurney. And I said to the paramedic, I'm like, here's my wallet, here's my ID, here's everything. Just check me in, do whatever you got to do. I said, you got you to gotta let me off this fucking gurney. Like, I'm dying. I'm fucking dying. You got to let me off this gurney. I'm like, I want to curl up into a ball. I want to stand up. I want to stretch. I want to die. I want to throw up. I want to shit my pants. Sorry for all the graphicness. This was the most excruciating feeling of my entire life. And the guy says, I can't let you go into the bathroom. I can't, I can't let you go. And I said, keep the fucking door open. I said, I've got to throw up. I'm going to throw up. I might shit my pants, my death pants. And so finally, I get off the gurney. I roll off the gurney and I hit the floor with a thud. (laughs) You ever seen a cold hospital floor in an emergency room with probably 80 people staring at me as I went ahead of everyone? (laughs) Pro tip. If you have to go to the hospital, do not drive yourself into the eMERGE. Take an ambulance. You get in past everyone. What kind of pro tip is that? <laughs> I got a pro. I'm a, I'm a pro at being a fucking hospital visitor. Um, I hit the floor and crawled into the bathroom. Not my proudest moment. And I sat at the toilet and I didn't have to throw up, but I felt better sitting at the toilet, the gross hospital fucking waiting room, emergency room toilet. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. And they finally drink me to the back. So I go into the back 
and they sit me down on this one spot and I can't stay there because more people are coming in. So I got to go sit in a chair. I can't sit in the chair. So I sit on the bed. I can't lay on the bed. I can't sit up. I can't sit, sit down. I'm not allowed to walk around. And then boom, it hits me like a ton of bricks. I went into the other bathroom in the back and threw up more than I've ever thrown up in my entire life. I'm like, where did all this fucking shit come from? I don't have anything in my system. And then after I was done throwing up, thankfully it worked out this way. After I was done throwing up, then I had to shit. And again, sorry for the overshare, ladies and gentlemen. So I spun around and got rid of everything out of the back and had to throw up again. Thank God there was a bucket there. So yeah, I was doing the double ender. And this is all from my gallbladder. My gallbladder has wreaked such havoc on me um, that this is a thing. Now, as I sit there and as, I, as I'm going through this, I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. And finally, they've got me in for x-rays. I can't sit still. They literally had, they had three people holding me down. And this is about three in the morning. I'm getting my x-rays. And boom, x-rays are done. Then they see what's going on with me. Then they say I can have pain meds. Oh, isn't this fantastic? So they hook me up to an IV and they are fucking around. I got like the ultra extra strength dilated, liquid dilated. Uh, and, and they said, well, here's the deal. Here's what's going on. Um, and they didn't tell me what was going on with me. And, and thankfully they didn't because the more knowledge you have about what's going on with you at that moment in time, you're like, I'm going to fucking die. Anyway, they knew what was up. So they put me in, this is the most ridiculous thing. They put me in, um, like this general waiting area. And this is also right in the beginning of COVID where it's like, we need to fucking swab you. We need to know that you're not going to kill everyone with this fucking airborne disease, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you, Fauci. All this shit. And I, the minute they announced COVID, I'm like, it's bullshit. It's bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And nobody liked me because I was saying it was fucking bullshit. Anyway, anywho, I'm in there and now I'm in this gen pop area where everyone could potentially have COVID. And there's this piece of my brain that's like, because it's so early on in the whole thing. I'm like, if it's not bullshit, like I'm fucked. <laughs> it's over. Game over. Uh, but again, that didn't bother me. I was like, when it's my time, it's my time. And this was like this new, like I'm in so much physical pain. But spiritually and mentally, I'm, I'm in a clear spot. I'm like, okay, well, fuck, here we are. This is what's happening. So now I'm sitting in like basically gen pop at the hospital. Like I felt like I was in a waiting room, which I was. They put me at the back and I'm in this <laughs> plexiglass tube cubicle fucking thing. And there's a light. I can press a button and a light on top of me will go off or whatever. So they wheeled me in and they, I'm in a wheelchair and they park me in this cubicle slot thing that I can see out of <laughs> fucking plexiglass box. Uh huh. And it wasn't just for me. Like, it was like a waiting room that had been converted into a bunch of plexiglass boxes. I'm like, what is this? What the fuck is this fucking? Anyway, so I'm wheeled in. They wheel in the light, <laughs> the button on the light. So the light is behind me, also on a, a wheel. Uh, and my dilated morphine super concoction is on a wheel. And this stuff is so strong. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to die. I'm just shitting myself. It's all over. And then I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> Fucking out cold, man. Out cold. So I don't know how long I was sitting. Actually, I do know exactly how long. This is about 3.30 in the morning. 7.30 in the morning, They, uh, the my room is ready. So I've been admitted, uh, and they're clearing in a room. 7.30 in the morning, I'm in a room. I'm in a bed. 8.30 in the morning, 
I'm in surgery. And the surgery is routine surgery. You go in, they cut you open, and they remove the gallstones um, or the gall sludge because you get, you get one or the other. You get gallstones or gall sludge. Um, and your gallbladder, you know, it's roughly the size of a kidney bean, maybe a bit, bit bigger. Uh, like more, no, actually more like a snow pea, right? Snap pea, snow pea, that sort of thing. That's the average size of your, your gallbladder. My gallbladder was, um, I don't even know how to put it. My gallbladder was probably, what'd they say? 10, 15 times the size it was supposed to be. So I got like a pear shaped gallbladder now, as opposed to like a kidney bean or snow pea or whatever the hell it is. And I have, and they found out when they cut me open, I have gallstones massive and I have gall sludge massive. So I've got both double whammy. On top of that, it's so bad that it's actually gone gangrenous, which meant that it was dying and all the other organs it was touching were also dying. So they cut me open and they find this out as I'm open on the table. So they had the exact amount of anesthesia for the process, blah, blah, blah. blah. It's usually, you know, anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes and at the door you go. Well, I woke up about an hour and a half, two hours into it. <laughs> and I felt everything because the anesthesiologist didn't have enough or, 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 or wasn't prepared. And I guess they, it was a small oversight, small oversight. So my heart panicked. <laughs> I panicked. Everything panicked. The pain was unreal. And then I flatlined and I was gone for what they say? Uh, 46 seconds. So I'm dead for 46 seconds. And that was the second time I died that day. It wasn't egoic death. It was la muerte finale, the final death. And it was fucked up. I don't remember it. I don't remember going somewhere and seeing some man in a beard or something like that. Probably just me looking in the mirror. I just know it was crazy. And then they got me anesthetized and they got me, they, you know, they, they, it was, it was hit and go because I couldn't be too anesthetized because then I wouldn't be responsive and yada, yada, yada. So they brought me back <laughs> and I felt the pain again. And then I was anesthetized again. So that was wild, wild. And then I woke up like six hours later swinging. And it was the funniest thing. I don't know if any of you have ever been anesthetized or, or anything like that, but I woke up out of the, out of the fucking, um, chemically induced coma, just swinging. Like my arms were out of the shaft or whatever the hell it was. I don't even know, but I remember just, and the, and the nurse just ducked out of the way. And she's like, yep, that's how it happens. Like I came crashing out of that fucking medical coma. Like just, Quackoosh! ain't nobody gonna fuck with me. So funny. I had no control of it. This is obviously just my natural reaction. And then I was in the hospital for four days. So remember gallbladder surgery is usually in and out. Oh, gallstones are fucked. You know, we're going to book an appointment for you in two weeks. You're going to come in, snip, snip, and you're going to be able to drive your ass home. Well, I was in the hospital for uh, a grand total of, I think, six days altogether. And they wanted to keep me in for observation. They wanted to make sure I didn't die. They, uh, there was all these things. They wanted to make sure that the, the surgery took, that they got it all. They wanted to do follow-up scans and x-rays to see that all the other things that were fucking around in my body weren't going to kill me. Um, so I made some friends in the hospital. I had plenty of time to be on painkillers 
And again, I'd been stone sober for years up until this point, uh, three, four years. So getting all that painkiller back into me, it was like, oh, here we go. Giggity, 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 goop. Um, after leaving the hospital, I was fine. You know, there was no, there was no lingering addiction because I think my mind was like, Hey, you're done with this. Also the experience of again, dying kickstarted everything for me. So there's a meme out there that, that exists and I absolutely love it. You know, trying to rip on me for who I used to be is like breaking into my old house. None of my stuff is there. I don't live there anymore. And if you want to rip on me for who I used to be, the perpetual asshole, that just means that you met me back then and you stayed there. And that's, that's a real shame. So everyone I meet now, I have no interest in bringing up your, I don't give a fuck who you were yesterday. If you want to be something different tomorrow, fire it up. You have every right to do that and be that and, and enjoy it and embrace it. This, this growth thing is huge. It's absolutely huge. I live in a world now that's entirely different than when I went into the hospital. I live in a world that I see totally different. I see through the bullshit and I know everyone's like, oh God, another conspiracy conversation. You guys don't say that, but like I'm saying like the average non-listener to literally the best show on the internet. They say this shit. But for me, I, I'm a standing testament to the fact that I did it. I went from being the drunken, drugged out, belligerent dick fuck to somebody who adamantly wants to help everybody. And this isn't me being or trying to be better. And people are like, well, you're making up for past wrongs or whatever. I mean, honestly, there's a piece of that. It's not so much that I need to make, make up for past wrongs because every single thing that ever happens ever happens for a reason. So all of the dick moves you ever pulled on somebody, that person needed to have it done so that they became a better and stronger version of them. Um, and every single dick move that you ever pulled on anyone that you remember exists so that you know yourself to never do it again. You grew through it as well. Uh, all of these accountabilities and all this sort of st- you know, shit, you, you hear all this stuff and I don't think anyone should be, I don't want to say anyone should be held accountable for certain things. I mean, there are some fucking heinous crimes, but I'll tell you this. Every single perpetrator of a heinous crime was once a victim of a heinous crime. And we don't talk about that either. What made people do what they do that was so terrible? I could go on and on and on for hours. That's a whole other topic. That's a whole other episode, that one. But I'll, I'll tell you this. This, this. this particular episode was cathartic. And I was sitting there, I'm like, you know, what am I going to do? Because I have just come back from Mexico. I've just had a wonderful experience. The next few episodes or the next episode or whatever, sometime soon, I'm going to talk about the differences between countries and the brainwashing that we all are susceptible to. And that we think again that, you know, that, that we are where we are. But the main purpose of this particular episode was to allow you to understand and comprehend certain things about you that are so fucking beautiful that you don't allow yourself to experience and instead manifests aggressions, um, poor tone, um, subtle things, no matter how much you believe that you truly do love yourself. We find ourselves, if you're, if you're living through any pain, you know, we find ourselves mirroring or manifesting what, what we believe to be true about ourselves. And we don't allow certain things. And when we are going through the fucking throes of it all, we don't sit back and say, Hey, this is happening for a reason. 
This is happening because I asked it to happen in the Akashic Records. This is happening because I need this to happen to become the version that I'm supposed to become here. Both good and bad. And in the infamous words of Beavis and Butthead, you gotta have stuff that sucks to have stuff that's cool. Which, philosophically, is contrast. If everything was perfect, we would be bored as shit because we have nothing to compare it to. Right? You gotta have ugly to have beautiful. You gotta have cold to have hot. Right? They don't exist without each other. Because if somebody, say somebody, and let's go back to the third dimension arbitrarily, somebody's a seven and a half out of ten. Right? That's some parts ugly and some parts pretty. If somebody's a perfect ten, you're like, this bitch is fake. Right? If somebody's a perfect zero, you want to know more. How are you a perfect zero? Personality is shit. They step on babies. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Right? But every aspect of everything. Cold water. Hot water. Cold bitches. Hot bitches. <laughs> you can't have one without the other. Love and marriage. You can't. Every single aspect of our life, all the best times you've ever had in your life, it only exists because the worst times also existed. And when you disassociate from virtually everything that you think that you own, every single story you've ever told yourself about who you are, once you truly allow yourself to see that that's just bullshit, you can then become anyone. You can do anything. All you have to do is figure it out. Because if you can think to yourself, I want to be this, or I want this, or I want that, and I don't have it, the only reason you know you want it is because you've seen somebody with it, and that person did what it took to become or get that thing. And again, it's never about the money. Like if somebody's like, I want a billion cars. Well, once you have each one of those cars, who cares? As a collector myself, like how much is too much? What's the purpose of this? It's never about getting the thing that you think you want. And it's always about becoming the person who deserves to earn the thing that you think that you want. And when you become that person, you use your station as that person to become somebody new. Every ounce of everything that you're doing is designed to make you elevate your game. And if you decide not to elevate your game, well, here's what's going to happen. You're going to sit there and you're going to progressively put yourself in more and more and more and more pain until you're forced to do something about it. And when you know that that's an inevitability, you can step on it very early on. You can move into it very early on and you just start navigating, which then has you no longer swimming upstream or swimming against the current or trying to get too far to the left or too far to the right. You just start going with the flow because that's where we are. Your life is controlled. It's ready to go. You've got the ability to go a little bit left, a little bit right, grab onto this, grab onto that. But if that rock is in your way, you're going to bounce off it. And what, what's, you know, what's the inevitability? You swim your balls off upstream. And for the women listening, you swim your lady balls off upstream until eventually you bounce off that rock. But you're going to bounce off that rock. That rock is the lesson. The obstacle is the way. You're here to have that experience. And once you have it, you use it to do something and be something and become something and create something and, and challenge something. So I'll leave you with this, ladies and gentlemen. 
Every single thing that you've ever wanted can be manifested. You are currently living a life that is 100% representative of the amount of manifestation that you've personally created. In other words, your life has given you exactly what you've put out. And that's going to offend some people because they believe that they're worth so much more. And this egoic death helps, but you never really kill the ego because the ego is not real. The ego is just a story and a thing to blame. Every single story that we tell ourselves, every single thing that I told you today, is just a story. You can take it or you can leave it. But that's it. It's a story. It's a version. It's a thing. It's a, it's a possibility. This whole world is a possibility. We were born into complete abundance. And with that, we've manifested whatever it is we've manifested to this point in time. This is a fun episode for me to record, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad I got this off my chest. I'm glad I got to speak it. And I'm glad that those who need to hear it will hear it. And for those of you that don't need to hear it, thank you for listening. And in the infamous words of Beavis and Butthead, keep your stick on the ice. Wait, that's not right. It's supposed to be in the, no, see, I started that earlier. In the infamous words of Red Green, the infamous words of Beavis and Butthead, which I used earlier, which was, you got to have stuff that sucks to have stuff that's cool. You see, sometimes we make mistakes. And now I'm dragging this podcast on a little bit longer. Actually, I'll use this opportunity to say, if you have ever wanted to work with a coach, if you have ever wanted to, 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 to get something personal out of something, hit us up. You know, don't worry about cost. Don't worry about nothing. If you've got fucking questions, hit us up. Info at the Mental Mastery Alliance. You can email me directly. Adam at thementalmasteryalliance.com. I'll get back to you. Eventually, I'll get back to you. Uh, I want to hear from you. I want to know what you're thinking, what you're doing. We can just do this completely personal, completely one-on-one. We don't have to talk. We don't have to do anything. If you're having any issues, if you have any issues at all, hit us up. If you want to work with a coach, if you want to set your dream on fire, if you want to go balls to the wall and get everything done, we can do all that. But if you just want to talk, if you've just got, if you just need to hear me say something or you want my take on something, shoot us an email. Adam at the Mental Mastery Alliance. I want to hear from you. You can even text us. You may have to pay extra for that. 647-338-1265. You can leave a voicemail on that too if you want to be on the show. There's so much going on. Um, I want to be able to give back more. I want to be able to give more, create more, do more, have more, see more for everybody. So, now... I will correctly say, in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Stay connected with us directly through the mentalmasteryalliance.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash the Mental Mastery Alliance. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag TMMA or tagging us at the Mental Mastery Alliance. To have your voice heard on the show, leave a voicemail or send a text to 647-338-1265. Long distance charges may apply. If you love us, leave us a review. If you hate us, you spend your time in weird ways. 
but also leave a review. Every review on iTunes tickles the algorithm helping us grow. Until next time, unity over division. This concludes the most surreal portion of your day. You got it, Pontiac.